Yeah, first of all, I want to apologize if I sound a bit snuffly. I've got my cold voice and the rumbling tummy. Yep. So we are more than halfway through winter now, and uh, I'm sure most of us have, uh, have caught a cold at some point. And, uh, and praise God if you haven't, and I pray that you don't. Um, and uh, my entire family has been down with a cold the last one week. So it's fun and games, <laughs> fun and fun and games, yep. Uh, but we praise God that we still live in a blessed country. Even though it's cold, you know, we, we have so much freedom. We have so much things that we can be thankful for. And sometimes when we whinge a little bit, God just do a nudge inside and say, hey, just be thankful. Say, All right. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, God. Um, yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about what I need to share with you all today. And uh, I thought I'll, I'll go along the lines of what Pastor Rob has been drilling into us the whole year. It's about growing, all right? Grow, 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 grow. So I was just thinking, oh, what, what other things that we need to grow? There's so many things in our life that we need to grow, amen? Uh, and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us about, about an area that we can continue to grow together as a family and as a, pers- and as a person. And, it's, and it is humility, right? So the title of my message today is Growing in Humility. So before we start, let's just pray. Right. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you will take whatever water that comes up from my mouth that you will turn into wine. Lord, because we know that only Holy Spirit, only you can affect everlasting change and not the messenger. It is your word that changes people not the messenger. Lord, I thank you that, God, that you are willing to use unworthy vessels such as, such as I to be able to speak your everlasting word and your word that's so precious to us. We pray that it will fall on good soil today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about humility. Now, in our modern day and age, I don't think humility is... is basically a very desirable attitude, isn't it? We live in a world where it's all about me, 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 me. What can I get out of this? What can I get out of this person? And we know that the opposite of humility is pride, isn't it? So, so what, and there is, when you think about humility, I don't know about you, the first person I think of is people like Mother Teresa. Well, she gave up everything to serve the poor and the destitute in Calcutta. And you can think about people who gave up a lot to serve others. I think about maybe Oscar Schindler, who gave up his business to save many Jews. And I want to bring you back here too into, in Port Lincoln. I think we are blessed with a pastor that is filled with humility. You know, you don't see much pride or arrogance at all in Pastor Rob and Pauline, and even among the leaders. So I just want to honor you. Pastor Rob and Pauline, that, that God has given you a spirit of humility to serve us, and so I just want to honor you, all right? Uh, and I'm sure the church agrees that we have a pastor that's so down to earth, you know, they speak in our level and just shepherds us. So what exactly is humility? So we got to go back to the root word, isn't it? The root word of humility is humble. Now, when I look at the dictionary, this is the definition. It says, meek gentle, without pride, but it also implies having low self-esteem. 
and also implies a low social and political status. Now, it seems a bit contradicting, isn't it? Because Jesus said, blessed are those who are humble. You mean blessed are those who are low self-esteem, God? God, you mean you, you want us to have low social and political status? I mean, I can take the meek and gentle without pride, but do you really want us to have low self-esteem? Because that's, so, that, that's a little bit against what God actually wants out of us, isn't it? But I believe because the English language hasn't translated the word humble well enough. All right? Because we have to go back to the root word humble back to the very beginning. All right? So um, allow me to just say that I don't think any of us are born with a spirit of humility. All right? You think about a baby, cute and cuddly, and you just want to hug them, but all they want is, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Right? Give me milk, give me, change my nappy. Blah, 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 blah. Right? It's not, oh, mom, I wake up, what can I do for you? Can I, can I eat by myself? No. So humility and servanthood is something that we, have, we are trained in, that we have, to, we have to develop that. And it is in our human nature to have pride. All right? I have pride, you have pride. All right? And when we, when we become believers or disciples of Christ, that's when God brings us in this journey of teaching us what is true biblical humility. Because I believe biblical humility is not about, I'm going to wash your feet the whole time, or I'm, I'm going to be your servant, you can step all over, over me all you want. All right? Because there is power in humility. If not, Jesus will not say that blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. All right? If you can't, be, you can't inherit the whole earth by being a pushover, isn't it? All right. So let's go. I've decided to break down the word humble into an abbreviation, all right? Uh, so let's start with H. It starts in the heart, all right? Humility is a condition of your heart, all right? But what is it about your heart? It is a heart that is surrendered. Let me illustrate this for you. Numbers 12 verse 3. Now, that is the first time in the Bible where it's specifically mentioned about a person who is humble. All right? Now, Moses was very humble, more humble than any person on earth. Right? That is the first time you find the word humble in the Old Testament. And there must be a reason why Moses has such a tag to his name, hashtag Moses humble. Right? Um, you have to look at the life of Moses at that stage of his life. You know the story of Moses. He was a prince in Egypt, and then he went into he went to the wilderness. He can't even talk properly, and then God asked him to deliver the Israelites, and he said, no, 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 until God twisted his arm, and then he, he, he does the job, all right? So, Numbers 12 verse 3 was, was, during that time, Moses was leading the Israelites in the wilderness, and it was about the same time when they created the tabernacle where God has spoken with Moses face to face, right? And if you look at how Moses' attitude was at that time, you can see that he was totally reliant on God. You know that uh, when, if there is any problems, Moses will just go straight to God. You know? and, and that is where the word humble came. Humble in the Hebrew word is anaf, which is meek. Right? No pride at all. You can't find any pride in Moses. And I can show you why. Because in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, there was an uprising. And the uprising wasn't from the people of Israel. It's from Moses' own family. It was, it was the time when Aaron and Miriam, which is his 
brother and sister, decided to criticize him. Criticized him because he married a Cushite woman. And they think that Moses is not qualified anymore to hear from God. And they criticized Moses. And that's when they wrote that. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any person on earth. And you can see that Moses didn't even rebuke them. In fact, if you read on further, which I'll illustrate to you further, actually God came and vindicated Moses. All right? But we'll pause there in the life of Moses. I want to bring you to the New Testament because I wanted to tell you that humility starts from the heart. And Jesus himself has a heart full of humility because Jesus himself says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus himself has a heart that is submitted to God. And so when we submit ourselves to Christ in a humble, with a humble heart, we know that God himself will carry us. You see, because Jesus himself has submitted his yoke to God, and we submit our yoke to Jesus, and Jesus gives us his yoke. You see, so it is an attitude. It is an attitude of the heart that is surrendered. So yes, Okay, so now it's a condition of the heart, so we are surrendered, all right? But who do we surrender to? That is the most important thing, see? We need to surrender or submit ourselves under God's authority. That comes when the you, all right? Now, Jesus, the Son of God, the one whom we all worship, is, a hum- is the most humble person in the whole of history, but you know he's no pushover, isn't he? Jesus himself has polarized the entire Jewish community. He challenged every institution of his time, and he has so many followers, and he rocked the very core of society. So that is no picture of a pushover, isn't it? That's a man who has authority, but yet he says he's humble at heart. So I want to challenge you today that when when we talk about humility, we are talking about submitting ourselves under God's authority. I'll tell you about the faith of the Roman centurion in Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. As you know, a high-ranking Roman centurion sent his servants to ask Jesus to heal his servant that is sick. And there's one thing that he told Jesus that I know that you are a man under authority because I am a man under authority as well. And so he recognized the authority of Jesus because Jesus himself puts himself under God's authority. You see? So in the same way, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28, Paul writes that when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority. We're talking about the future when all evil has been crushed. When Jesus reigns supreme again, Jesus himself is going to submit himself under God's authority. So the one who gave the Son authority over all things will be utterly supreme over everything and everywhere. I hope that makes sense to you. So we submit ourselves under God's authority, and we know that we can operate with the best authority ever, from God's authority, all right? Let me, put you, let me put this to you and I. We are all servants. It's who we choose to serve, all right? I think it's a lie, or it's, it's, a, it's quite delusional for any man or woman to say that I, I am servant of no one, because you always serve something. You always worship something, all right? Um, And that's why God knows that when we submit ourselves under the best authority, which is His authority, we will live a more abundant and fruitful life. 
all right? You can submit yourself to any authority on earth, but we know you'll never give you that satisfaction in the long run. And I want to challenge any one of us that have yet to know Jesus, that Jesus promises life and life abundantly because he has authority over all things, all right? So, M, so once we have submitted ourselves under God's authority, we have a mandate, isn't it? Every servant has a mandate. We are mandated to serve a greater cause. And there is no other better example than what Jesus has done. Paul summarized it so well in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So Jesus was humble because he was, his heart was submitted under God's authority with a greater mission. See, Jesus' mission was never to come and establish a political kingdom. He came because he, his ultimate mission was to restore you and I into a true relationship with him. And he's willing to give up all this. He's willing to give up everything to bring us there. All right? And so he came to serve that greater cause. That greater cause was to reconcile you and I to him. All right? So, so in the same way, we have a mandate to serve. We have a mandate to serve the kingdom of God. We have a mandate to allow God to use us to tell others about Him through our life, through our speech, whatever, whatever it takes. So you say, yeah, this is the greater cause I know, but how do we do it? We go to the next word. B, building God's kingdom by building others up. Now you know that of all the things in the world, God has appointed His church to be His representative. All right? And so, when we become believers in Jesus Christ, we are adopted into this big family called the church. Right? And it is in the church where we learn what it means to serve each other, what it means to love each other, what it means to deal with conflicts, because when there is people, there will be conflicts, guaranteed, with a capital G. All right? Um, so, building... God's kingdom by building each other up. So humility manifests itself by us building each other up. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Now, this is the scripture before Paul wrote that you must be like Christ Jesus who came and came to die and in obedience to God. All right? So Paul is actually encouraging the Philippian church not to be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of your others better than yourselves. All right? And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, I believe Paul is not saying that you should, you should forsake all interests for yourself because Jesus has said, love your neighbor as yourself. So God wants us to love ourselves too, but we also have to love others. All right? So we are not meant to be a rug where people just step on. All right? But we have to see others in the same value as we see ourselves. All right? Now, so we are all in one family. You know, it saddens me. It saddens me. I, I, must, I, I, I was born into a Christian, Christian home, and I've been in a few churches 
um, growing up in Malaysia, and also when we came to, came to Australia. One thing that saddens me the most is when I see believers leaving church, or even my friends leaving church, because they are hurt, because another Christian has ripped them off. All right? Now, it really saddens me because the world sees it and he said, you are no better than us. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, and he was, he was disgusted that because the Corinthian church were taking their conflicts to a secular court because they cannot, they cannot solve their problems within the church and they want the world to solve it. What a disgrace, isn't it? When God has given us this mandate to serve a greater purpose by building each other up, but instead we're tearing each other apart. So the challenge for us is, can we actually as believers see the best in others and let others have a go? I'll give you this illustration. I think it is without a doubt that most of the time believers get hurt or, or feel ripped off. It's, it is in regards to material or financial possessions, isn't it? Yeah. When you enter into a business deal with another believer and you think that, oh, gee, uh, I've got, yeah, this, this, guy's, this, this, guy's, this guy's my mate because he's another Christian, and then he, you get ripped off, all right? Wisdom. We need to have wisdom, people. I cannot guarantee you that, you know, it will never happen because it's human nature and we all are on the journey. All right. But can you imagine, all right, I'll just give you a little illustration here. Let's say, let me pick on someone. Luke. All right. No, you can say that, Luke. You can say that. All right, Luke. All right. Let's say Luke had suddenly had this food dream. <laughs> He's going to open a burger, a burger truck. All right. I love burgers. Yeah, he opens a burger truck, all right? And uh, he's a Christian, I know, uh, yeah, I know Luke, and uh, he's a great guy. And then uh, if I don't have a spirit of humility, I'll be coming to Luke and say, hey, Luke, can you, can you give me your burger at half price? You know, you, you, know, we are, you know, we are friends. You're Christian, I'm Christian. Can you give me a, can you give me a half price burger? But uh, upsize it for me, please. Um, <laughs> now, Luke's got two options here, all right? Now, if Luke is a mature believer, he might be able to say, oh, yeah, God, uh, yes, uh, the Lord says, uh, turn the other cheek as well, all right, I'll give you the upside. I'll, I'll give you the upsize. And then I thought, oh, this is great, yeah, it's great to be a Christian because I can always get cheap burgers from him and it's good too. And I, I keep doing it in. I keep going at Luke. And do you know in, in due time, Luke is going to be so offended. He's going to feel that you you ripped him off, and uh, that you ripped him off. And then Luke starts telling me, look, I, I cannot give you the discount anymore. And then if I am not matured enough, I will be thinking, oh, gee, you're not a good Christian. <laughs> gee, I'm not coming to church anymore. I, can't, I don't want to see your face. You see, see, that is immaturity, right? right? Now, can you imagine if we develop a spirit of humility, what would happen is I come to Luke and say, Luke, I love your burgers. Uh, look, I'm going to pay you more than what you are doing, all right? Because I believe in you and I want to grow your business. And then Luke says, oh, no, don't worry, because Luke also has a spirit of humility. And he says, oh, don't worry, I'll upsize your thing two times more. And then I say, no, I'm going to give you three times more, all right? And the argument goes on and on and on and on. And then Pastor Rob comes here and says, I'll eat it all, all right? Okay. So can you imagine if we develop this attitude? Wouldn't the church be a much better place? Wouldn't the world see that we are 
actually building each other up. That we are serving a greater mandate. Right. Building each other up. Now, we are going to have conflicts, all right? Guaranteed. All right, when we build each other up, we are all not perfect. And even though we don't rip each other off deliberately, sometimes there will be conflicts, all right? Because we are all, we are all a work in progress, all right? Um, L is a very important part of humility, is to let God fight our battles, all right? When we feel that we are wronged, or where we have deliberately wronged someone and we can't patch it back, we have to let God fight our battles. All right. I want to bring you back to the story of Moses when Aaron and Miriam rose up against Moses. Moses, I don't think, even said a word. God actually came and fight for Moses. In fact, God sort of disciplined Aaron and Miriam so severely that he actually called them, called them to the tabernacle and he told Aaron and Miriam that of all the people in the world, I can speak through prophecies and dreams, but to Moses, I speak face to face. And who are you? <laughs> right? And the moment he said that, Miriam developed leprosy. And in fact, God actually wanted to kill Miriam <laughs> until Moses had to intercede and say, God, please spare my, spare my sister. And say, all right, she can live outside the camp for seven days and then she can come back. Right? So... You can see a heart that is humble, a heart that is surrendered to God. You always know that God will come and fight for you. God will always come and vindicate us. And I know it is hard because human nature and our human pride keeps telling us that, gee, you got to learn to fight for yourself, that you got to get, got to get things done, yeah, and with, with double measure, press down, shaken, and overflowing. There you go. You see? Um, but James chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 tells us that he gives us more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. It takes a lot of humility to ask God to fight for us, right? And I, have, I can admit that I'm not the best at this because if, if somebody offends me, I'll try to take matters in my own hands. But God himself puts us this challenge that if, you, if we submit ourselves to him and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know that when you're offended, lots of thoughts come in, isn't it? It's like, I'm going to rip this guy off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and that, do this and that, and he will know how much he's offended me. Do you know those are, those, those, that is actually the devil whispering to us. All right? Because he wants us to stumble. He wants us to, to fail. And, and that is why James says, when we quickly submit ourselves to God, and then we resist those lies, those thoughts will go. I know when I'm weak and when I'm tired, lots of thoughts come in and you come, at, you come back home and the wife, is, wife, Sharon, is all cranky and the girls are cranky and then it's like, oh, gee, you know, and then thoughts come in. <laughs> I just want to love this person. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's the other way, all right? I live in the same address as you, all right? Um, but you know that that is the battle. That's the battlefield of our minds. Every single day. Every single day. We have to put on the helmet of salvation. We always have to ask God to help us renew our minds every day. All right? But let God fight our battles. Finally, humility enables God to bless us. So many scriptures in the Bible where God says He favors the humble. 
He honors those who have humility. And Proverbs have so many scriptures that depicts that. I'll pick up three for you. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 15, 33, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Can you see that when we have a heart that is totally submitted under the authority of God, mandated to serve others, building each other up, and letting God fight our battles, we enable God to bless us with wisdom, honor, riches, and a long life. I invite the musicians to come back. Humble, heart that is surrendered under God's authority, mandated to serve, building others up, letting God fight our battles, thus enabling God to bless us. So my desire, and I hope it's your desire too, that God will take us on this journey, that we will continue to grow in humility, that only by the help of the Holy Spirit that we can actually slowly shave away our pride, shave away our human pride, and allow God, allow God to be truly God. And many times we think, of, we think about ourselves as more important than actually what we really are. You know, uh, we, that's human pride. Um, last year, I had the opportunity to be able to attend a conference in Wellington, New Zealand. That's your, that's your turf. <laughs> Back to Kiwi. Um, so in, in Wellington, uh, we had some time in our hands and I brought the whole family to a planetarium in Wellington. Uh, and we were watching this little documentary in that, you know what they do in planetariums, you just lie down there and then you see the stars and then they start telling you stuff. Um, there was a documentary that actually interviewed some of the astronauts that went on the International Space Station. And as they see the world spin around them, almost every astronaut says that, gee, we're not as big as what we think we are. When they see how the Earth mag magnetic fields and how everything in Earth actually it's just right for human life. Now, you cannot deny that, gee, there's somebody greater, isn't it? It can't all happen by just a big bang, right? Because there is a creator, you see? And when we see it as it is, we, they finally realize that, gee, we are, we are not as big and we are not as clever as what we think we are. And that's what every astronaut, almost every astronaut says that. And the other thing they actually say is, gee, after a while, they don't see their country anymore. They don't see, oh, I'm from India or there's India. They, they just see the world as one. And it, it sort of shows you that God so loved the world because that's how God sees us. Everybody has one. And He loves us that He gave His only Son for us. And so I just want to challenge you today that there is no greater authority that we can actually submit ourselves to. There's no greater mandate, there's no greater person that is worth serving other than the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And with that, I believe it's time for us to worship God and I will hand, hand it back to Pastor Rob whenever you feel like it, Pastor Rob. God bless you all. <laughs>